Thanks for joining us today for the Fellowship Baptist Church podcast. If you'd like to learn more about our ministry, visit fbcpanamacity.com. Now, here's today's message. This message to this morning is going to be a, a, an instructive message, okay? Uh, this is going to be really teaching about uh, what the Bible says about church polity, church government. And uh, we are making a, uh, not necessarily in how we operate, but as far as the constitution and the terms and things like that, uh, we're making big changes. And so I, I think it's very wise for us to uh, read the scripture and see what the Bible teaches on this subject uh, so that we know and understand what the word of God teaches, amen? And, and also so that we can get behind what scripture talks about when it talks about church polity. And so if you have your Bibles, the Acts chapter number 20, uh, and I want us to look at verse number 17 and then skip down to verse number 28 with Brother Edward read this morning. But Acts chapter number 20, verse number 17 says this, and from Miletus, he sent to Ephesus and called the elders of the church. I want you to notice there, elders, plural, church, singular. Okay, that's important. Verse number 28, the Bible says this, Take heed therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock over the which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers, to feed the church of God which he hath purchased with his own blood. For I know this, that after my departing shall grievous wolves enter in among you, not sparing the flock, also of your own selves shall men arise, speaking perverse things, to draw away disciples after them. Therefore watch and remember that by the space of three years I cease not to warn everyone night and day with tears. And now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and to give you an inheritance among all them which are sanctified. I have coveted no man's silver or gold or apparel. Yea, ye yourselves know that these hands have ministered unto my necessities and to them that were with me. I have showed you all things, how that so laboring ye ought to support the weak and to remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Now turn over, you have your fingers there to 1 Peter chapter number five and look at verse number one. The Bible says this, the elders which are among you I exhort who am also an elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ and also a partaker of the glory that shall be revealed. Feed the flock of God, which is among you, taking the oversight thereof, not by constraint, but willingly, not for filthy lucre, but of a ready mind, neither as being lords over God's heritage, but being in samples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd, Jesus, shall appear, ye shall receive a crown of glory that fadeth not away. This morning, I want to preach on the subject when it comes to biblical church polity. uh, We're going to be talking about the elders of the church this morning. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we love you. We're thankful for, uh, Lord, this church. And we're thankful that we have uh, just the privilege to come and to worship you freely here um, in America. Uh, God, we're we're thankful that we can, uh, Lord, follow your word. You have laid out a blueprint for your church and how it's to operate. And Father, I pray that you would help us to see it, that you'd help us to understand it, and also to buy into what your word says when it comes to how this church uh, should be governed. 
And Lord, we, we just ask for your blessing upon this. We ask for your, uh, just your wisdom in, in all of this. And uh, Father, we will give you all the praise and glory for what you'll do here in our future here at Fellowship Baptist Church. God, I need you this morning. I ask that you would be with me and fill me with your spirit. Give me the words that you'd have me to say this morning uh, that would make it clear to your people of your order within the church. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Uh, you may be seated this morning. Since we have here at Fellowship Baptist Church, we have uh, people from all kinds of different church backgrounds. Um, we have all been exposed to different models of church polity or church government. And so as we address this topic uh, here for the next several weeks, it's going to be an area where some of us may struggle uh, trying to get a handle on the model that is established by Jesus and the early church leaders. Why? Because we're so accustomed to a certain way. We're so accustomed to certain terms and, and words that, that we have followed for many years. And so some of us might struggle with adapting to what the, the scripture says. Let me say this. I've, I've kind of struggled through this and, and trying to see these different terms and how the Bible teaches because I've always been taught one way. Uh, and that mainly is that you have one pastor and every, and he, he makes all the decisions and, and runs that way. And that's what a lot of us are accustomed to. But the word of God clearly teaches a certain way that the church is to be governed. And that's why I want you to look at scripture. I want you to see what the Bible speaks of when we, when we speak of the uh, polity of the church. And we need to make sure that the entire body of Fellowship Baptist Church understands and is also committed to the biblical polity structure that we find in God's word. Amen? We, we all need to understand it, and we need to commit to what the Bible teaches. Thank you, Brother Jake. Listen, let me say this. If you're, looking, if you're looking for a church, and I've said this before, if you're looking for a church where tradition trumps scripture, you're in the wrong place. That's something that I have, have tried to commit to is that tradition, although some traditions are very good for us, amen? The Bible tells us to follow the traditions of your fathers and, and, and the gospel of Jesus Christ. And there's some things that we need to hold to. And I believe in that, in tradition. But tradition will not trump scripture here at Fellowship Baptist Church. And I hope you agree with that this morning. Uh, the first thing that we must understand, and we talked about yes, uh, last week, is that first of all, when it comes to the church, Jesus is the head of the church, the body. Amen? He is the head of the church. Um, uh, uh, the buck stops with Jesus Christ. He is the one that tells us, what we should do. He leads us. He guides us. He instructs us by his Holy Spirit and by the word of God. Jesus is the head of the church, and he is to have the preeminence in everything that is done here at Fellowship Baptist Church. Jesus is the head. With that being said, in order for our church, Fellowship Baptist Church, to be more faithful to the scripture and obedient to our Lord Jesus Christ, in the area of church government, we must ultimately be an elder-led congregational church. What does that mean? It is a church that is ruled by Christ, amen? It is led by elders, it is served by deacons, and governed by the congregation. That is a biblical church. This means that we not only need to replace 
our constitution and our bylaws concerning the officers of the church, but we must also understand the roles and the responsibilities of the elders, of the deacons, and of the church members. And over the next several weeks, I would like to look at these roles according to Scripture. This week, is going, we're going to start to look at the elders. Now, I tried to condense everything with the elders in one week, and it's just not possible. And so we're going to have, break the elders into two different weeks. And this week, what I want us to look at is the plurality of elders that the Bible teaches and also the roles that elders have among the church body. Next week, I want us, we're going to then look at the relationship of the body of Christ to the elders and also the qualifications of the elders. Number one, I want us to see that the, the scripturally, the plurality of elders. As we looked at Acts chapter number 20 and verse number 17, very clearly we see the Bible says, and from Miletus, he sent to Ephesus and called the elders of the church. Elders in the plural form of the church, the singular church of Ephesus. And that's what we find here in scripture. Now understand there are three different words used that speak of the same group. Elders, bishops, and pastors. Work accustomed to pastor. That's the word that we have taken to um, over over the years within the the independent Baptist movement. But those three words, uh, presbyteros, which is elder, that word is used the most to speak of what we are accustomed to calling a pastor. Elder is used the most in scripture in the New Testament. But then there's also episkopos, which is bishop or overseer. And that is the second most used word for a a pastor or an elder. And then there is poimen, which is pastor or shepherd. And pastor is only mentioned one time in Ephesians chapter number four and verse number 11. And what we'll find this morning in the scriptures is that there is a great deal of consistency in the New Testament when it comes to the leadership model that Jesus has established for his church. First of all, I want us to see the example of Paul. The example of Paul. Although Paul, he was very instrumental in planting many churches, especially the Gentile churches in in Asia Minor, we find that one of the most important parts of Paul's ministry was to develop a team of leaders in those local churches. In Acts chapter number 14, we read that the account of how Paul and Barnabas ministered among the churches in Derbe, Iconium, Lystra, and Antioch. And at the end of the account, we see that Paul and Barnabas appointed a group of elders in each of those churches. In Acts chapter number 14, verse number 23, and write these verses down, read them for yourself. Take the constitution, read those verses that are laid out all throughout that constitution in regards to elders. But it says this, and when they had ordained them elders, plural, in every church, singular, and had prayed with fasting, they commended them to the Lord on whom they believed. And after that, they had passed through Pisidia, they came to Pamphylia. Listen, we don't have to have time to look at all of the the passage of scripture that Paul speaks of when it comes to the plurality of elders. But in both accounts of his ministry, in the book of Acts, and in several of his letters, we find that Paul's consistent practice was to develop a group of elders 
to lead each local church. Very clear that we find in scripture. He wrote to the Philippian church in Philippians chapter number one and verse number one, he said this, Paul and Timotheus, the servants of Jesus Christ to all the saints in Christ Jesus, which are at Philippi with the bishops and deacons. He then, he, 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 uh, says and he addresses the group of bishops or pastors within the church of Philippi. To Titus in cha- Titus chapter number one and verse number five, he says, For this cause I left thee in Crete, that thou shouldest set in order the things that are wanting and ordain elders in every city as I had appointed thee. Paul gives us many examples of the plurality of elders within the local body of, uh, of Christ. But then we also see the example of Peter. First Peter chapter number five, verse number one. He writes, the elders which are among you, I exhort, who am also an elder. There again, plurality of elders. So the operation of the early church in Acts chapter number 15, the clear evidence of scripture is that in the early church, local bodies were led by team of leaders. Do you see that this morning? I hope you do, okay? If you don't, read more scripture on it because there's a lot of it. The local bodies were led by a team of leaders. There's no evidence in scripture, and and please tell me and show me if you can find it. There's no evidence in scripture whatsoever of a single authoritative pastor who governed the local church on his own. And so the question that that fact raises is this. Is there any justification at all for the role of a lead pastor among the elders? And I believe based on what we find in the New Testament, the answer to that question is yes. There is a role for a lead pastor. It is something that we find that's demonstrated all throughout the New Testament. I first want to start off, and like I said, this is a lot of instruction. We're just instructing you on, on the polity of the church. And so hang in with me this morning. The lead pastor. I want us to begin with a group of men who had direct contact with Jesus Christ. You see, although Jesus spent time developing all 12 disciples, it's very clear in scripture that he had an inner circle. Peter, James, and John was his inner circle. And he alone got to witness, those individuals got to witness things like the transfiguration of Jesus Christ, uh, certain miracles that Jesus had performed. They had special prayer with Jesus Christ. And so he had his his inner circle. But even uh, among that inner circle, Peter, what what I believe, was obviously a leader among the equals. Peter was one that he alone among the apostles is the one who identified Jesus as the Christ. After his resurrection, Jesus takes Peter aside to restore him and to prepare him for the leadership role that he was going to have among the fellow apostles. You see, throughout the book, and I want to show you the examples of Peter in that role. Throughout the book of Acts, we find that Peter ministers along with the fellow apostles. But it's also clear that he has been gifted by God to lead. And so when the church is gathered together for the purpose of receiving the Holy Spirit, it is Peter who rises up to speak. The Bible says in Acts chapter number two, verse 14, But Peter, standing up with the eleven, he was with the other disciples, lifted up his voice and said unto them, Ye men of Judea, and all ye that dwell at Jerusalem, be this known unto you, and hearken to my words. Notice also that Peter 
is with the other 11 here. He's not ministering on his own. Uh, But because he has been gifted by God to lead, he is the one who then addresses the group. He speaks to the group. But also, we, we talked about earlier the Jerusalem council in Acts chapter number 15. And in that account, we find that Peter has an important leadership role in the process of making decisions. In Acts chapter number 15, verses five, six and seven says this, and the apostles and the elders, okay, of the church came together for to consider this matter. They were discussing a matter. And when there had been much disputing, they, they spoke, Peter rose up and said unto them, men and brethren. Here we find that Peter also had a tremendous amount of influence among his fellow apostles and elders. But it is instructive also of how he uses that influence. He doesn't lord over them. What does Peter do? He allows them to speak, doesn't he? He allows them to speak and then he addresses the group as as one of the lead um, elders there within that group. And even then, he certainly doesn't demand his own way. I know it's a lot to take in, but also others' examples in Paul's letters. I believe Timothy. Timothy had a lead role among the elders. Uh, James. James had a lead role among the elders. There are many, uh, many examples of, of the plurality of elders. And I hope you are understanding this. I know it's a lot to take in because this is something that we're not used to, right? This is something that we're not, we're not accustomed to uh, as far as the church government um, here within uh, a Fellowship Baptist Church. But the Bible clearly, clearly teaches a plurality of elders. And I think the plurality of elders is very important for several reasons. Uh, And I just wrote down a few of them this morning. But number one, accountability. There are a lot of pastors that that try to run everything on by themselves and there is no accountability for that pastor and they fall into sin. They fall fall away from God. They, They become dictator uh, a, a dictator within the church. And, and I think accountability is a good reason to have the plurality of elders. Understand, listen, the way that Jesus, the way that scripture sets it up is the way that works. The way that scripture tells us to do things, that is how we are to do things. And so uh, I think accountability, also counsel. The Bible says in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. When you have multiple elders within the church, there is counsel. There's also balance. There's balance in decision-making. You hear from the elders of the church. There's wisdom in that. And then also sharing the burden that an elder has. Sharing the burden. There's there's many different uh, reasons for the plurality of elders. And I hope you understand that this morning. And and let me say, if you haven't read the, the, the Constitution, pick up a copy this morning. Read it. Study the scriptures that are there, that are laid out for us to understand. The plurality of elders. But then number two, what I want us to look at this morning is the role of the elders. The biblical roles of the elders. Number one, we see that one one of the roles of an elder is to protect the flock. To protect the flock. In 1 Peter chapter number five, verse number two, The Bible says, feed the flock of God, which is among you, taking the oversight thereof, not by constraint, but willingly, not for filthy lucre, but of a ready mind. In Acts chapter 20, verse number 28, the Bible says, take heed therefore unto yourselves 
and to all the flock over the which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers to feed the church of God, which he, which he hath purchased with his own blood. Paul speaks here of the elders. They're both sheep and shepherds at the same time. You understand the elders, I'm an elder or a pastor, is just a sheep just like you are. Amen? There's nothing. We are sheep just like the rest of the sheep here this morning. And there's there's nothing, but, but God does have roles for pastors. And one of those roles is to protect the flock. It's very interesting here that, that Paul warns these elders. He says, hey, I want you to pay careful attention to yourself first and then to the rest of the flock. Be very careful with, with, with the way you are living as an elder, the way that you are serving God, and then protect the rest of the flock. Paul warned the elders that after he left, as Brother Edward read this morning, spiritual wolves were going to try and attack the flock by introducing uh, false doctrine, by uh, uh, bringing in sin within the church, and it was very crucial that the elders were constantly on guard because they never knew when and where those spiritual wolves would attempt to attack the flock. And so as an elder, we have to be, as a pastor, you have to be on the lookout for false doctrine in your own life and then also within the church. Uh, I know there's been several occasions here since I've been here over the last five years where we've had to deal with some certain individuals who were trying to bring in some false teaching, uh, things that were not according to scripture. And we had to deal with those things. And that's one of the roles of a pastor is to protect the flock from those, uh, from those uh, instances in their life, but also from sinful behavior. We're to protect the flock from sinful behavior. If we hear that there is some sinful uh, lifestyle, continued lifestyle going on here at Fellowship Baptist Church, we are to protect the flock. And not only that, but we are to protect ourselves from sinful behavior. That's why Paul uh, very clearly says, hey, oversight of yourselves and then to the rest of the flock, protecting the flock. Not only that, but number two, to lead the flock. Paul told Timothy, an elder, he said, let no man despise your youth, but be thou an example. Be thou an example in word, in conversation, in, in basically in teaching and in living. We as pastors, as elders, are to lead the flock. That's a, that's a scary responsibility as a, as a leader, as an elder, as a pastor. To live above reproach, to live in this certain way that we are leading by example. It's a, it's a huge responsibility, leading the flock. But also we lead the flock by the word of God. Amen? We teach the word of God. We lead in that way. But also, the, a role for the elders is to pray for the flock and the work of the ministry. In Acts chapter number six, verse number four, the Bible says, but we will give ourselves continually to prayer. You see, the elders, the pastors, pled for the flock of God under their care. Pastors are to be praying for those within the flock. That is a major role for a pastor, an elder to do is to pray for the flock. You know, I, that's one thing, one area that I need to do a much better job as a pastor is to pray for the flock. I try to pray for you all and I try to, to call out on God for you, but I need to do it more. I need to do it more often. I need to, uh, to uh, reach out 
to God through prayer for the flock. We see that this is a commitment to pray in in the decision of the apostles in the early church. We find that in Acts chapter number six, the church, the folks were complaining that they were being neglected by the elders. They were complaining that, that, that the widows were being neglected by the elders. And so the apostles got together and they said, okay, this is what we're going to do. We're going to call out from among the church deacons to take care of these matters. Why? So that the elders or the pastors can focus on prayer and the ministry of the word. And that's what, that's the, the role of, of, of the deacons we'll talk about later on. Someone once said this, intercessory prayer is perhaps the most basic ministry of the elder. In order to speak to men for God, elders must speak to God for men. They must be away of the futility of all their actions apart from the life-giving work of God's spirit. One of the roles of the elders is to pray for the flock. But not only that, but to teach and to exhort the flock. In Acts chapter number six, verse number four, but we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. Pastors are to serve the word of God to the sheep under their care. It is very important that we spend time studying the scriptures, knowing what we believe, why we believe it, and then sharing it to the flock, exhorting the flock through our teaching uh, of the word of God. The Bible says, so then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Because we are born again through the word of God, because all scripture is profitable to make the man of God complete, equipped for every good work. Listen, this is an indispensable component of pastoral ministry. Preaching the word of God. And let me say this, if you have a, a pastor, if you're either a, church, a, a part of this church or another church, if you have a pastor who preaches what thus saith the Lord, be thankful for that. Be thankful for that. Be thankful for a church that says, hey, we're going to follow the scriptures. We're going to follow the word of God in our lives. If it, makes, if it means that it's uncomfortable for us, who cares? The Bible says it, we're going to do it. Elders are called to rightly divide the word of truth. Very important. And declare the whole counsel of God. It's not that I can pick and choose what I want to preach and what I want to, want to believe. I must preach the whole counsel of the word of God. In order that, listen, that the church would be equipped for the ministry. The church would be equipped, that the church would become mature in Christ as Colossians 1.28 references. It's crucial to remember that the Bible alone, listen, the Bible alone is absolutely authoritative in a church's life. Amen? The Bible alone is absolutely authoritative in a church's life. And elders or pastors, they bear authority over Jesus's church only to the extent that they teach, obey, and enforce Jesus's word. Pastors lead by standing before their congregation on behalf of the Lord Jesus Christ and proclaim his rule, his truth, and his commands. Pastors are to teach the word of God. That's a role of a pastor, of an elder. And then lastly, and you all have listened so well. Thank you so much for that. I know this is all instructive this morning, but I hope it's been a help. Lastly, 
elders raise up other elders. Pastors raise up other pastors. Pastors disciple and they're to train specific individuals to carry on the work of the gospel ministry. Paul said, and as he wrote to, second, to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 2, and verse number two, he said, and the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. You see, as God's stewards, as the pastors or the elders of the church, pastors are entrusted with oversight of both the household and the truth of God's word. Not only are they to preserve the truth of the gospel for their own generation, but they must see to it that the faith that once for all delivered to the saints be carried into the next generation of sheep. Let me say this, church. Are you all with me this morning? That's a lot. I know this is all fresh. This is all, this is something that we have, I, I have personally been uh, studying. Uh, the Constitution Committee has been studying. And when we came together, we said, hey, we want to do what the Bible teaches, what the Bible teaches. And this is something that I have had to learn. This is something that I have had to study on because I was taught a completely different way of how things were to be run and, and, and as far as the church government. So this is something that we are all learning, but it is scriptural. It is what the word of God teaches us. And so we must study to know, uh, listen, be as, as the Berean church. When they heard the scripture being taught and preached, they, they, they went back and studied it for themselves. Amen? Study for yourself the scripture. Study for yourself this, this thing of church polity. Let me say this. The mission of Fellowship Baptist Church is to make disciples. Amen? Who follow, serve, and proclaim the name of Jesus Christ. And we will never be effective. Listen. We will never be effective in our mission as a church if we don't understand and if we don't, as a body, buy in to what the Bible teaches about how the New Testament church is to operate. We will not be effective in our mission. Listen, so for the next four weeks, as we, as we dig into this, we'll be sharing some of the things that, that I have learned personally during this process so that together we can all work to put these biblical principles into practice in order to be more effective in doing what God has called us to do. Are you with me this morning? I need your help. I need your support because this is something that we need to get through together and study together and make sure we're doing what the word of God tells us to do here at Fellowship Baptist Church. Because listen, here at Fellowship Baptist Church, he is the head of the church and his word and scripture trumps everything else. And so we must follow the word of God. Let's pray this morning. Thanks for listening to this sermon from Fellowship Baptist Church. Come visit us at 2501 Michigan Avenue, Panama City, Florida. For more information, check out fbcpanamacity.com. Have a great week.